cars that never were are parking cars and pumping gas. You can really breathe in San Jose. They've got a lot of space. There'll be a place where I can stay. I was born and raised in San Jose. I'm going back to find some peace of mind in San Jose. Fame and fortune is a magnet. It can pull you far away from home. Without a friend, you pack your car and ride away. I've got lots of friends in San Jose. Do you know the way to San Jose? Listen to Ink Studs on CITR 101.9 FM. My guest right now is Aaron Renier um, in Vancouver for a conference, a yeah. teacher's conference. A teacher's and librarian's conference, serendipity. I guess Basically it happens. a bunch yeah. of smart ladies. A bunch of smart ladies. Yeah. Not to stereotype that librarians or teachers are ladies. No, but I met, I met a couple today, and they seem really smart. A little magical, actually. There's one that... Um, I don't know. I was totally blown away by it. I, I, yeah, her presence was just sort of a magical kind of presence. So and they're anyway. all ladies. And they're all ladies. <laughs> magical ladies. Magical ladies. I'm sure there's magical men out there. Magical men. There's going to be magical men. Probably. Okay. Hopefully. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so you can uh, edit some of this. <laughs> he talks about magical people. Okay. Uh, actually. You yeah. don't edit this stuff. No, not at all. Sorry. Okay. That's You're okay. on the record, Aaron. Okay. Okay. Don't say anything bad. I, I will not. Okay. Uh, Aaron's main books are Spiral Bound and The Unsinkable Walker Bean, mm-hmm. which before I read it was, I was pronouncing it The Unsinkable Walker Bean, but it's... But how is I, that different? I feel like I need to really pronounce the Walker Bean because I didn't realize it was a person. I thought oh. it was a ship. Or maybe it was a walking bean. The walker bean, yeah, it's a, like a like a you know like a jumping bean, a walker bean. Okay, I don't know. Little legs. It's not. It's a person. I've also had people call it um, Walter Bean, but then I've also had people call me Alan Rainier. So that's not very polite. 
<laughs> That's okay. I don't care. Okay. Thanks, Alan. <laughs> um, let's, I guess, get a little background on you. We've been hanging out a little bit today, and you told me you went to school for illustration. Mm-hmm. Now, was it illustration specifically comics? Did you want to become a cartoonist? <clears throat> yeah, I've always wanted to be a cartoonist. Um, I went to school in Milwaukee, Wisconsin for illustration, but their focus was mostly editorial illustration. So, you know, like they would give us assignments, you know, time, ma- like, you know, something, it would be whatever, like Time Magazine or do a grocery store display or, you know, <laughs> you know, it kind of ranged everywhere. I'm sure you do a great vegetable scene. I do. I love drawing vegetables. Um, but at some point in my senior year, I realized that I really wanted to be, you know, I, I, well, first of all, I'm from Green Bay, so I wanted, I guess I wanted to stay pretty close to home when I left. For school, mm-hmm. and then at some point I realized that maybe that wasn't the wisest decision. But you know, I was just out of high school. What was I supposed to know? So I decided to go. The beginning of my senior year to go, I went to SVA for a semester. I thought I was going to transfer fully, but I became a sophomore. So if you're a senior and you become a sophomore, it doesn't last very long. But I had really amazing teachers there. Um, but this is before the influx of you know, uh, some of the younger cartoonists. It was mostly, you know, I had um, Carmen Infantino and... Um, I've heard he's an amazing teacher. Yeah, he, it was it was pretty interesting. Some of the stories I could tell you probably wouldn't uh, be good on, this, maybe on the program, but it was really funny. It's been, it was really great. Um, and, uh, yeah, so um, Sal Amandola who did who's, he worked on the Archie for a long time um, yeah anyway it was it was pretty interesting did that kind of get you back clued into do, doing comics or do you always through school you knew you'd be doing comics anyways after I knew I was going to be doing comics anyway but the, their focus was on superhero stuff yeah and I would you know we would be we'd have assignments like redesign a, a Marvel character as it's you know sexual opposite you know like so everybody would be drawing, you know, Lady Spawn or whatever, and then I would, and then I, and I drew, uh, you know, I had the uh, the Juggernaut, and I had, um, you know, so I had like this enormous woman who would rush through buildings and in high heels and with a purse, and the teachers would um, not not see the humor in it. Like I was, I was like too cartoony for mm-hmm. comic school. And so I, it kind of seemed like I was taking everything like it was a joke. Um, but I, so I, I didn't stay there mainly because I wanted to graduate. But, yeah. But Liz Bailey was one of my classmates. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. And um, Randy, who yeah. runs... Um, Randy Chang? Yeah, Bodega. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. He went to cartoon school. Mm-hmm. I've only met him a couple times, but I like him. Yeah, he's great. Publish more Randy. comics, Randy. Yeah, more comics. Randy. <laughs> <laughs> I um, guess his creators need to make more comics, Kaz. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I wanted to say this earlier, but like Morningstar two didn't come out that long ago. Did is it not? Uh, no, it's been at least a year. A year, well, at least yeah. a, probably I'd say close to two. Okay. So okay, you want to off topic? Okay. <laughs> um, we've been talking about comics today. Okay. So growing up, what were you reading? Um, 
Well, I guess I, I was I was slow to coming into reading. I watched a lot of television, but I mean, I read, you know, as far as comics go, I read a lot of Cracked magazine. I read Mad magazine, and any sort of comic book that was sort of a spin-off of a television program. So if it was a Transformers comic, I was reading that. I was reading like Ewoks comics. Oh, yeah. Who well, I later I, l- I later realized that is it M- Marie Severin? Uh, Mary Severin. Mary Severin. Yeah. yeah, she was. She worked on that. Oh, really? Yeah. She's fantastic. Yeah, of course she is. <laughs> um, and then you know, then I, but I was always reading things in the newspaper. Like Calvin and Hobbes was obviously, I mean, everybody's favorite yeah. thing in the world. Um, you can kind of see that. In, in your work. Oh, really? I, 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 not, I, I not, don't... Not overtly, but you can see, I guess, the whimsy. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Like, sometimes when, like, Calvin was, like, Calvin Ball, like, anything yeah. that was, those times, like, the, the times when Bill Watterson would go off into these flights of fancy were my favorite. Like, any, like, Stupendous Man or Tracer Bullet or, you know, um, anything like that, I was totally... Into, yeah, and Calvin Ball, like just things like that. Where, uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I can, well, let's talk about the rules of Calvin Ball. Not, no. There are no rules of Calvin Ball. Um, did you watch a lot of Ducktales? Um, I watched everything on Disney Afternoon. I watched Ducktales. I watched Gummy Bears. I watched Darkwing Duck. I watched um, Re- Rescue Rangers. Chippendales. Yeah. Yeah. But Gummy Bears is definitely my favorite. Really? Mm-hmm. They had such a good history. I love the history of the Gummy Bears, of, you know, the great gummies. I forget it. Oh, I, it's, it's, I, I watched it. I was all over that. I, I got, I'd always get home a little late for Gummy Bears, uh-huh. so I'd miss half of it. Oh, okay. But the DuckTales was my thing. Really? I mean, yeah. I, I mean, sure. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> um... Were you ever involved actively in zine culture or something? Sure. I mean, when I moved to Portland, um, I moved to Portland right outside of, right right when I graduated college. And I was one of the people who organized um, the zine symposium there. Oh, okay. Um, and that was really when I actually started. I mean, I made a few mini comics in college. Um, and then when I moved to Portland, I was much more immersed in it. Most of my friends were actually zinesters. And... Um, you know, or or mini comic artists. So that's when I really started doing it um, <clears throat> more. Um, yeah, so I I spent most of my Portland time amongst that crowd. Is that what you're asking? I, I just asked if you were into zines. Were you making oh, I love zines. zines at all? Um, mini comics. Um, yeah. Um, I was reading your uh, paper cutter story. Oh yeah. Earlier. It's interesting. I have a friend who refers to that as my comic about nothing. I don't feel like it's about nothing. I don't think it's about nothing. Yeah, it's about something. It's about sure. It's, it's romance in a, in a in a in a strange way. Anyway, yeah, it's um. But yeah, I, some of my favorite people are and are from like zines and um, mini comic people. Like I yeah, I met. I don't know if you know uh, Nicole George's um, does Invincible Summer. Um, and um, when I moved to Portland, I became really good friends with Nate Beatty, who did Rain Fag, and um, he does all the end papers for a paper cutter. 
Um, oh, okay. But yeah, so... He's done some paper cutters on the inside stuff, too. Yeah, he did the latest one with um, Dave Roach. Actually, I mentioned him earlier. Dave Roach was the... He, did, he wrote on subbing. Um, it was a zine about substitute teaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's the, he's the subject of Nate's... Um, story in paper cutter. Oh, okay. I don't think I have a latest issue, so I'll have to. Okay. I usually just pick catch up when I see. Yeah. When you see Greg. Greg. Convention.
I'm back with Aaron Renier. Um, we're talking about we're talking about zines, mini comics, friends, friends, good times, good times. Did you always want to do kids comics? Was that specifically what you're into, or was it kind of like your style kind of geared towards it? Um, yeah, it was a. I did a couple of versions of what finally became Spiral Bound when I was living in Portland, and. It was. It started off with people, as all of my characters, and very autobiographical. Like, you know, the you know, there wasn't a dog. Like it was my friend Craig, and there wasn't a, a you know, a whale. It was you know somebody else, or you know, the mm-hmm. e- each character was basically somebody that I knew. And then, I don't know. I I just decided that I wanted to I wanted to do I wanted to work on something that. Um, I would be able to have these like enormous flights where I can draw whatever I want. Like I realized I was limiting myself by doing that. Like I really wanted to draw, you know, some weird things. Um, so I started. So I started over and I started drawing it. It's almost this, you know, embarrassing furry comic um, <laughs> where you know it was like all of my characters but taller and with human hands and doing things that you know my friends were doing, which. I don't know, and it, and it just felt so wrong. I, but both of these times, you know, I, I was over twenty pages into the comic before I decided that this is the wrong way to go. Um, and then, I don't know. I, in my sketchbook, I had always been, you know, doodling these characters that were like short and round, mm-hmm. and, um, and, um, those. I, I realized that the energy in the in there was far more interesting than, um, you know, what I was like. I saw serious drawing as this thing, and then I saw my sketchbook as something else. Yeah. And I, I think a, a friend of mine said, "Well, the stuff in your sketchbook is so much more fun. Why don't you just do the stuff that's in your sketchbook?" So that's you know the advice that I took, and then all of a sudden it actually was much easier to write, and it was much easier to draw, and I had fun during the whole time working on it. Earlier when we're out and walking and talking one thing and then, uh, someone brought up Brandon is on his big thing about um, creator creating what they want mm-hmm. as their personal work um, do you feel like because the work comes from the sketchbook there's something more intuitive with it more sure. honest to what you are doing instead of what an expectation is that you thought your work might have been yeah um, I definitely don't feel like I'm working with someone else's expectations in mind. Mm-hmm. I think, like, even as I'm working on, I, right, right now I'm working on the second of the Walker Bean series, and I, I feel a little bit more connected to it um, because, I don't know, it's almost like, I almost feel like the second book is a closer, re- cr- more clo- more closely related to Spiral Bound just because um, more of my, I don't know, yeah, more of myself and things that are in my sketchbook are getting in. Um, not that I don't feel that way about the first one, but um, I feel like it's getting better and more, you know, I'm getting a better grasp on it and it's more of a part of myself and I don't really care. I think it's, anyway, it's a slower story and I think that um, it won't be what people expect it to be. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's a, that was a ramble. That's okay. That's what radio's for. Sure. Radio's for rambles. 
how long were, did uh, were you working on Spiral Bound? Um, it was a, a little over. It was over two years that I worked on it, um, but I had a full time job and um, I just worked on it at night and on weekends. So yeah, over two years, I was working on it. One of the things that I think really sticks out to people the most, at least it did to me when I first saw it, was the um, design design aesthetic to it. Um, tell me about like coming up with that to the cover um, I guess I just wanted people to, when they held it in their hands to feel like they're holding something that um, like I don't know when you hand somebody well it looks like a, a spiral bound notebook if anybody's you know if you haven't seen it it looks like a spiral bound notebook but it you know it's it's perfect bound it's square um, and you know there's been times that like when it first came out I my friends were around and I said oh my book my book I, it just came out like check out my new book and as I was handing it to them, they actually kind of recoiled, like, oh, you're handing me your your sketchbook. You know, is this something personal or something? You know, people were a little bit, um, you know, it was strange. But then they realized it was a book and it was perfect bound and, you know, then it was an actual book. Um, I guess I wanted, when you held it in your hand, just to feel like it was a personal artifact from the story. Like, as you're reading it, I really love that as I was reading, when I grew up, you know, reading regular books, when I would get to the part of the story when it referred to the cover, yeah. like I would love that back and forth where you would like read it and you'd be like, oh my god, you know, this is the scene from the cover. And then you open and you close it. And then you look yeah. at the cover for a long time and then you read a little bit further and you're like, I can't believe this is the cover. And then you go back to the cover. So I kind of wanted that to have a connection to the cover. Um, so that's how the cover came about. That's funny because I did feel that with this on reading. It's like, what's going to happen? This, this is gonna happen soon. Yeah, this and it happens. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I I think that's the most rewarding thing. You know, even when you have something like a map in a book, you know, you as soon as you get to another part that's in the map, you get to, you get to go back and look at the map, and that's that's really great. I love stuff like that. Yeah, and you did maps in both books, didn't you? Yeah, I like maps. I don't think I ever know. I I want a map and everything. That's the best. <laughs> Every book should have a map. Yeah. Um, and in the new book, I have this secret, this sort of language that, um, you know, it comes up and then you have to refer back. You know, it's another back and forth moment where you're like, oh, what does that mean? And you have to go back to this thing. And anything that I can, you know, try to use the book, mm -hmm. have, the act, have the reader actively use the book is, is great. Between the two books... Um, there's somewhat of a stylistic shift. Mm -hmm. Was that purposeful, or do you find yourself developing as a cartoonist to this, to the point of Walker Bean? Um, I definitely think that I... Um, well, I guess I, I just... I felt like Spider-Bound, I was trying really hard to draw, you know, really clean line and make everything... Um, like there was no ability to in, like to enter with cross hatching or something like that. I just wanted to be able to take it a step further and also to loosen up a little bit. Plus, I wanted it to be humans, not animals. So mm -hmm. those elements together, you know, drawing people and wanting to have be a little bit more experimental with um, my textures and things like that, um, kind of brought me around to that. Plus, I've been looking at you know other cartoonists. I mean, you can't help but look at other cartoonists. So, um, yeah, it was just a, it's a, it was a natural growth for my, myself. 
my gut reaction. I hope you don't mind the comparison. Oh, I don't care. Of course. Uh, it, it felt like if Tony Millionaire did a dungeon book. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, I. It's funny. I don't think of Tony Millionaire as someone who I. I think it's because it's uh takes place in the sea. Oh, okay. That's what. Sure. He loves the sea. Yeah. Um. I. I. Yeah. I see that. Um. That's interesting. Yeah. No, I can see that. Sure. Did you read the any of the dungeon stuff, or was oh, I that read almost all of them? Yeah, I mean, dungeon is one of my favorite things. I mean, everything Trondheim or Spar or you know Blaine do, I, I have and own and read. Several so, times. Yeah. <laughs> Are you doing that kind of world building with Walker Bean? Um, but like dungeon, like like creating like a bigger, yeah, thing to it. Yeah, that's what I that's what I'm aiming to do. So, yes. I'm aiming to do that. <laughs> I think my favorite thing about the, the Walker Bean um, was the lobster women. Sure. In the water. Yeah, I like them too. Where do they come from? Well, that's... Um, or is it I definitely, to describe? Well, I definitely think it... When I was growing up, I really... You know, I was into movies and TV, and I really, really loved um, the never-ending story. And the... Uh, the either southern or northern oracle were those giant sphinx characters mm-hmm. and um when atreyu walks through and he you know it's like the penitent man will pass or something like that where he you know has to be brave he has to be brave and then their eyes are you know opening and the lights are glowing and um and you're like oh no he's gonna he's gonna get you know he's gonna die but at this point you just really don't know exactly how they're going to function and I always, when I would watch it, I always would see the sphinxes like get up and like rip his head off or something. Like they were just like giant creatures, but they just sat there kind of docile. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It was. I guess that's probably the, the feeling that I had when I was working on them. Like I just wanted these really large, creepy-headed, lobsters, lobster ladies. Yeah, with glowing eyes. With glowing. I no. It, they're, very disturbing to me. But Thanks. not in a terrible way. Mm-hmm. That was it's fun. Um, was Walker Bean like? How did you decide that was what you wanted to do? Is kind of a a next project. What was it that stuck out to you? Well, um, why? You know, maybe before I die, I would like I would like to do something with animals again. Um, but it was just a real interest in doing something that wasn't with animals and was just going in a different direction like I just really wanted to go in a different direction so um yeah so I would I was just doodling stuff and I was you know I came up with the creatures and then I came up with you know the two main characters and it just really comes that's how stories usually appear to me is you know a little detail here and a little detail there so um I never really actually see like people talk about this uh, about Walker Bean as being like this pirate book and I feel like the pirates aren't really that big of a character in the book I mean they're there they're present you know but there's lots of books that have pirates in them like you know any of the um any of the like Joan Aiken books where there's just like a there's a pirate there's pirates in it but But nobody talks about you know Cold Shoulder Road as being a pirate book but um there yeah it was obviously there's pirates in it so um, but I'd, as the series goes on, people, people will be like, oh, this is just kind of like a nautically themed story about a boy. So 
Um, I just wanted it to be nautically themed. My family is a sailing family. I've you know gone sailing, and I I just wanted to. I, don't know. I love the water. I just wanted yeah. to draw water. I was curious about that because you grew up in, in Wisconsin. Yeah, on Lake Michigan. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I was wondering how much, how, how much water, like how much that was a part of your life growing up. Yeah. So. Um, well, my grandfather and my um, my uncle Jerry are were big into boat building, um, so that you know that was always around. But my uncle moved to California, and he's still, you know, he still does that now. Um, but my grandfather is pretty old, so he would teach me knots. But I, you know, the times that I went out, um, where it was like an educational experience, were were fewer than I wish that there would have been. Yeah. Um, but you know, we still went out, um, and I spent. Couple, uh, there was one time here or down in Seattle at um, Puget Sound where my family, like it was, you know, my me and my grandfather and my uncle, you know, we just, and a short amount, a uh, small amount of um, family members went out for like a week and a half sailing and, wow. um, and that was really nice, you know, and you know, That's my grand, it was like I think it was my last, my grandfather's last big trip, um, so yeah, it just. It just always feels like it's a part of, I don't know. Like I always, I pictured the book resting in my family's libraries just as nicely as you know either their photo album or whatever else they're reading. Yeah, that's that's really neat. Just how personal it yeah. gets with like your connection with your grandfather and Walker's connection with his grandfather. Yeah, I don't have quite the relationship that I have. I mean, my I love my grandfather. We watched the. Packers win the Super Bowl together, <laughs> and that was awesome. Um, he's ninety four years old. Wow. Yeah. So, um, but it was yeah, it was an amazing game. Like every once in a while, he'd be like, "So this is the last game. This is the last game." And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> if they win this, this is the last game." Like they, you know, they won the Super Bowl. So, yeah, it was fun. Are you wearing a Green Bay hat right now? I am wearing a Green Bay hat right now. I'm not very good at the whole. That's okay. Football thing. Sure. Comic Claptrap is the place to go for <laughs> Okay, I'll remember that. <laughs> If I ever get interviewed with them, I'll wear a jersey. There we go. Okay. If it's the wrong jersey, Rena's going to take you down. Yeah. Well, I only own so many jerseys. I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> I only have one. Apparently, the, when Brian Ralph was on, there was a big long talk about football and my favorite teams. Oh, I'd love to talk about football with somebody. There we go. We don't have to talk about football. No. <laughs> it's probably hard to find that in comics. Yeah. Yeah. We're all a bunch of nerds. Yeah. But it's fine. That's fine. Yeah. I'm chewing up the scenery again. I think maybe a clonopin could help me clear my head. I need to hear some Donovan and get my nitwits about me. The withered husk that you now see before you was before this war. A stunning star that shone from shore to shore to see a shining sea. And back down sullen unless to reach through keyholes blocked for privacy and into rumbled blood-rich sheets. So if you say it's your mistake. Old habits tend to break like odometers on old
Um, in the creation of Walker Bean, you wrote about the coloring in the back um, mm-hmm. of what you and Alec Longstreth, the colorist, wanted in mind. And tell me about the purpose, like what what you guys did for the coloring, and maybe some of the purpose of that. Of the sharing of it, or or of the palette. <clears throat> oh well, I mean, everything has a palette. Yeah. Know? So it's just how we acquired the palette. Um, mm-hmm. I just wanted the colors to feel, you know, unified in a way. I didn't want colors chosen arbitrarily. Um, so, you know, we, I just scanned in some pages from um, one of my favorite children's books, like an encyclopedia that had, you know, this kind of, uh, it's a small world sort of end papers. And they're really wonderful. It's from, you know, I forget who published it. But, I mean, the cover, I just, when I, when I saw that, I was just, you know, these are the colors for Walker Bean. Um, so we just, you know, Alec went through and, and chose the colors from it. Um, and yeah, um, it, it worked out. Um, for that. And, but with sharing it, you know, I just wanted, um, I don't know, I, whenever I was, when I was young, there was a couple of times when I would read something. Um, there's this, this book series that I really loved, um, Billy Joe Jive, Private Eye, um, that was sort of a, Nate the Great kind of book, um, like a you know a detective series, and in the back of the book, um, the illustrator would write about everything that he used to you know to make the book. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, I was just like, "Holy crap, that's awesome!" You know, like I now I know, or thanks for telling me. But then a lot, I don't know. Now I look through books, and I don't know. I, I just feel like. There's like it's like a secret. Like, how did this person make this? It's just like, well, I'm just gonna tell you everything. Let me like <laughs> let me tell you everything. Yeah. And if you want to try it, then there you go. So that's I just wanted you know, to share what how it was done. Certain. Yeah, when you're kind of hiding behind the curtain, it's kind of a removal from the audience or something. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, I I do you know visits at libraries and like like today. Um, a library visit and like school visits and things like that and the more you inform or you, you say oh but if you do this or if you you know if you think about it this way I don't know there's just such simple things that you can like a simple drawing technique that you can tell somebody that's just starting out drawing that actually like flood opens floodgates like mm-hmm. oh I never even thought of that simple idea about you know how to draw a room you know in a you know just little tips and then yeah. so it's just stuff like that tell me about the I guess first off you're touring with Jason Shiga oh yeah Jason Shiga let's talk about how that's been and kind of well I mean there's been some hiccups in the we've, we're, we, we've been greyhounding from from San Francisco and that's been really interesting um yeah have you done but that kind of long distance greyhounding before I have um this is 
my trip from San Francisco to Portland was my second longest trip. I took one from Milwaukee to New York. Wow. Um, that was exactly 24 hours. Um, and really, it's usually, the only way to describe it is you're living in a nightmare, I think. <laughs> I think that it's, it's really like, and I, if Jason was sitting here, he would be nodding and, you know, saying yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. It's like you were, like there was this one guy that like Jason was sitting you know, we, we were sitting in right, right, really closely packed, right next to the bathroom, and the oh. whole bus stunk. Like it, like there was There's a sewage someone problem. That has diarrhea on the bus. Well, the 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 bus had diarrhea. You know, like it was, <laughs> like it was, it had this horrible fecal odor, and we were right next to the bat the bathroom. We were like, oh my god, we can't. And the, the bus is packed. You know, there's nowhere to go. So at one bus stop, the the you know some people got out, and Jason lunged for this new seat. And there's a couple open seats, so we kind of, we both moved away from the bathroom as much as we could. And we separated because we thought we had room to spread out. Yeah. And then this one person that I dubbed the Scorpion because he's wearing the Scorpion hat, and he was just like this total like I just got out of prison or something. And I don't party know. gear. Have, yeah, well, no, he I don't know where he just he was made up out of, you know, like you know, uh, some very like from the dreams. road or something, you know, like some post-apocalyptic story or like Mad Max um, so he, he, like Jason went into his own seat, or the seat that the scorpion used to be in, and like the scorpion, I don't know, he went out to smoke somewhere. Like he went outside on the parking lot to smoke, but Jason thought he left. So Jason goes into the seat, he falls asleep, quickly falls asleep, and then, okay, okay, so the scorpion comes back, <laughs> and he's like, you're in my seat, you're in my seat, and Jason's like, oh, you know, I'm sorry, and sorry. then he, <laughs> yeah. And then he, he like he quickly gets up, like recon, like gets his gathers his stuff, and then sits in the seat in front of you know. There's a perfectly clear seat, like a two open, yeah. you know, two open seats right in front of where the scorpion was sitting. So Jason goes there and he he starts to fall asleep. And the scorpion doesn't even stay in that seat. For some reason, he just wanted to kick Jason out of it. And then he goes back and he sits with some other guy in the front. So he, it was so weird, but something that happened all the time. Like we were at, we were at a tour, our layover in Sacramento, and the weirdest stuff was happening. It was like a David Lynch movie. I couldn't. I just don't understand. Like, is it that much cheaper than the train? Well, I, no, I mean, I. Or it was, was just like, kind it was of like a no-brainer. No, it was just a. Like you always forget the last time you said never again. You know. Yeah. Like you're like, oh well, we need to go to this place. Let's get on the bus. Like the bus is a trans. Like that's a way yeah. of getting somewhere. So you, so you, if you, if it's been a couple of years since you've ridden the Greyhound, then it's easy to maybe forget. But I, I'd like to hope that I never forget. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, Jason and I, it was like the never forget tour. Or the next, if we ever tour again, it should be like the never. We forget. forgot. Oh no, <laughs> we we didn't forget. I, yeah. Anyway. But Jason's had had has had uh, other trips. Uh, I could I could we could have a whole podcast about Jason on the tr- on the bus or my or the trip. This trip, you know, there's way more stories about little things that happen. Anyway, I could it's keep talking. Right. You want me to? <laughs> I, I, mean, I feel like stories. You guys are doing um, the workshops, like you did one today at the library. Uh-huh. And tell me a bit about what you're doing with the children in the workshop. Yeah, I mean, it all depends on how much time they give us. Like, sometimes we get 45 minutes, and today we were given an hour and a half. Um, so we we go through basic the basic building blocks yeah. of comics. We talk about the different things that, you know, go into making comics. Um, and we either f- 
try to make a small comic book um, out of a single piece of paper. You know how you can. There's this way you can fold it in half mm-hmm. and fold it in half the other way, and then cut it down the middle. It's yeah. some people refer to it as the hamburger and the hot dog. Anyway, it's a, w- it's a method of folding <laughs> and cutting that you can make a book out of one piece of paper. So sometimes we've done that, but then the best times we've used Jason's um, Choose Your Own Adventure. It's a it's a, it's a simple... There's actually a YouTube video of him. If you just do a Google or a YouTube search for Jason Chica, there's this really amazing folding. It's all like this origami kind of... Um, you know, if you, go, if, you, if you lift the paper this way, the comic goes that way. If you, you know, turn the paper this way, it goes that way. If you go this way, it goes that way. You know, mm-hmm. there's, so there's, it's basically a comic with four different endings. So, I don't know, when you're working with anybody, I mean, any, any age... Um, it's really fun to when you think of a four-panel story going in this direction. You know that you have the ability to go back and say, "Well, I'll do a comic that goes in the complete opposite direction," or you know, just to ex- just to stretch your brain in that way. Like Jason's really good at thinking of. I mean, Jason's amazing. He's genius. He's a genius. <laughs> so um, that yeah, he he he's bring he's brought along his bag of. He refers to it as like his carrot top bag, where he like during some of our talks he'll, he'll like dig out you know his amazing uh, like there's, there's this radial he probably talked about it um, but there's a this this it's a sandwich of of of, um, of discs and you have to turn it with a chopstick but you know it's a it's you know it, yeah anyway he's amazing but um, so we've been usually we we go through the building blocks and then we talk about making comics and then we make one of the two comics depending on time how much time we have. Mm-hmm. So yeah, today we did the two turn adventure comics. Nice. Yeah, kids get excited. Yeah, they're great. You know, they they come up to you and they're like, "Oh, look at this path," and then you're like, "Oh," and then they ask you how to draw. You know, like how do you draw um, a horse? And you draw the horse and they're like, "Oh, thanks." And then you know, it just goes. It's just like that. Is it's it fun. kind of rejuvenating? Sure, it's always yeah. rejuvenating, rejuvenating. That's not the right term. It's juvie. It's rejuvenating. <laughs> yeah. Oh, kids, kids. Um, it's. I read through a bunch of your stuff mm-hmm. this afternoon. Oh, you were really? doing that. Oh, good. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it is interesting Like I read the story you did in the first True Porn Anthology uh-huh. Which is very innocent Yeah it's funny I really really wanted to uh, You know Draw boobs or something And I just for some reason there's something inside of me That just couldn't So I I did something You know it's true whatever But anyway you can ask me the question you wanted to ask me If you want to well, ask that question <laughs> um, I was just Kind of fascinated because like I said, it's kind of innocent in this book where, you know, two pages earlier you have someone having rough sex or yeah. whatever. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it's the first one, so I didn't really know exactly what I was getting myself into. Yeah. Um, but I just wonder if this is something where you, how you see your comics. Because, I mean, the Spiral Bound and Walker Bean both. How everything is, like, lame and round or something. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that. You're not saying that. <laughs> well, I just mean, like, you know, do you have a certain aesthetic, like, where you're not doing anything harsh well n- even no. though that, that's not the audience you know I think maybe at that point I mean I did this that comic I don't know in 2001 or something maybe it was later than that I don't remember when that book came out um, but maybe at that time I was struggling with who I was or whatever but um, 
now I don't think that I would have any problem doing that. I'm part of that drawing group in Chicago, Trouble Club, and there's the mo I mean, I've drawn the most god awful things <laughs> with like the most gross thing shooting out of every which hole or whatever. So I'm not afraid of doing that stuff. I think that at that point I probably was just a little thinking about like what I wanted to do with myself. So at that point, yeah, it's a little tame. Tell us about the Trouble Club for the uninitiated. Trouble Club I is the handshake. It's a yeah. It there is so far there's not a handshake, but um, it's a jam comic group in Chicago. But we see it as I don't know. We take it really seriously. Um, it's me, um, Jeremy Tinder, Laura Park. I mean, there's everybody: Edie Fake, um, Lily Carey, Lucy Nisley, um, Al Burian. Uh, you know, uh, Grant Reynolds, uh, Bernie McGovern, um, Joe Tallarico, I mean, I could, I'm Nate Beatty, uh, there's so a, many of us. A plethora. Yeah, now I just feel bad for whoever I didn't mention, um, but there's tons of people, and now I just will mention people I already mentioned. Um, <laughs> we'll but, pretend I cut you off, and yeah, you don't have time to oh, say I don't have time people. To, there, there's, yeah, there are, it's like a, it's um yeah there are dozens of us literally dozens of us <laughs> um that's a arrested development reference um so um yeah so we work on comics we you know somebody starts with the first panel and then somebody else eventually gets to that comic picks it up draws the next panel and you know eventually when luck runs out you know when we've ac accumulated enough we put them together and um, and we make mini comics with those. Um, so far, we have four issues, I think, and then we're working on the big full color fifth issue. They're not easy to find, though, are they? Um, no, we're not very good about getting them out there. You can get them if you're in Chicago really easily. Yeah, that's not going to help me. I know. I can mail you some. I'll mail you some. I'll mail you a <laughs> packet you. of them. I appreciate it. You can that. someday. Perfect. Buying them in a leather case. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to do that. If, if you, you know, if it's something I've been thinking about doing is getting uh, mini comics bound. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Maybe. I mean, yeah, yeah maybe. It's tough because some are definite artifacts in themselves, and mm -hmm. have a certain aesthetic to it. That like this is a package that someone specifically put together. Right. It's different when it's like you know, kind of graphics comics from the nineties. Like, it's okay to bind those up. I think. Uh, right. You know. Yeah. But when you have like a mini by Eleanor Davis, like, well, not no other mini. Yeah, you has don't want the same size, but still, like that's yeah. you know, there's that aesthetic. Yeah, Beast Mother, you can't really do anything. You're not gonna fuck with that. Yeah. Sorry, can I? Yeah. Okay. We're in Canada. We're in Canada. Fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the last interview I did had to swear in it too. Oh, okay. So, um. How it, do you guys kind of ever show each other work and kind of sure have all a collaborative time. thing? Yeah, all the time. Um, my or downstairs, not collaborative, but just input. Yeah, um, I specifically have that relationship with um, Laura Park. She's my downstairs neighbor, and um, but I and so we, I'll bounce something off of her, and she'll bounce something off of me, and that's really helpful. And I draw a lot with Nate Beatty, and I draw a lot with Jeremy. Um, you know, we just go to the coffee shop and draw, and it's always, you know, our work. But I mean, some like Becca Taylor, um, 
she's another um, member of Trouble Club, and she, you know, she'll bring in her work, and you know, she works on her work in the corner, and we look at her work, and um, everybody is, yeah, pretty. pretty it's a sharing community. Mm -hmm. mm. Laura seems like a pretty fantastic person. I haven't met her yet. Oh, okay. But I want to. She's amazing. <laughs> she's amazing. I feel I feel similar to her the way that I feel about Jason. That not not that they're anything similar, but. Somehow you just see all Asian people as the same person. Oh, you? that's really funny. I didn't mean it that way at all. <laughs> I'm um, kidding. Just that, yeah. Whoever whoever created them, like there, there's no possible way of recreating that character. There, <laughs> they broke the molds when they made Jason Chiga and Laura Park. There's no, yeah, they're totally amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. Tell me about your dog. Oh, my dog is. Oh. Thank you for asking me about my dog. Well, it seems like it's such he. he he, Beluga, he, yeah. He's such an important part. Oh, he's, like I always see dog references and just yeah. He's my favorite subject. Um, I love drawing, and I I don't know. I just saw this movie, and I know that there's a book, which is this is almost blasphemous, but um, my dog Tulip. Uh, it was a movie based on a. No, I I'm really sorry for anybody out there who's like he's one of the most important authors of all time or whatever but it's a this is an old a movie about an old man and his, and his dog and I just felt so close to that movie I was like oh this is I need to I mean I don't know he's like a child of mine that I'm only going to know for such a short amount of time it's so it, it hurts I really love my dog but I just see him as my like I don't see him as you know a child or anything he's just like my like my dude my friend <laughs> like, you know, your like bro this, yeah he just like this friend of mine that I hang out with all the time uh, he's great he's like a giant beagle he's either a pit mix with a basset hound or a beagle mix with a I don't even know he just looks like a he's like a super beagle he's <laughs> super a, yeah he knows lots of tricks and yeah he's a he's good sometimes I yeah I, I try to tell him stories he knows a lot of words like I try he knows um, you know most dogs know a lot of words and he knows a lot of tricks too so sometimes when we're just like hanging out I'll just as I'm drawing I'll just start telling him a story that somehow involves like all the words he knows yeah it's probably lame it's, it's really <laughs> significantly lame I was like once upon a time there was a dog named Beluga and he just like looks up what? at me and then I'm like what and he's like and he went for a walk and there was a squirrel and you know he gets very excited <laughs> <laughs> now at some point he knows that I'm just cause you know maybe the the word treat comes into it. He's like, he's not even going to give me a treat. He's just, <laughs> he's just fucking with me. But he's, he's an expert fetcher. I can, I can throw a ball as fast as I can. Like a, he likes these, uh, um, certain kind of, like, you know, whatever, dog ball. But uh, it's like a spongy ball. And I throw it as fast as I can. And he just catches it right like a, like a shortstop. <laughs> He'd be, he's... He He's got to like get in baseball. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a coach. I was actually at a baseball diamond once playing with him, like throwing the ball as high as I could, and he catches it without it bouncing. And then this little league coach came up to me. He's like, I really wish I had your dog on my team. And I'm like, yeah, he's pretty good at catching. <laughs> you bet you wish you had him. <laughs> He's like Air Bud. <laughs> As long as he's not like Spuds McKenzie, we'll all be okay. Yeah. Oh, poor Spuds. Um, so, you're doing another Walker Bean book. What's the next one going to be? Um, it's all set on an island, that the, the island that they're left on at the end. 
Um, it's it just really kind of a wandering story about the you know, the the what was on the island and it cuts back and forth between the island and um, Walker's home, Winooski Bay. Um, so it goes back and forth, but it mostly focuses on the history of that island and um, and just the there's there are, I like monsters and things like that. So there's some ghosts on the island. So it's a kind of a ghost story on the island. Nice. Yeah, it's kind of a camping. Like, I, there's a lot of camping involved. How far into it are you? Um, I have about. It's all written. Um, I'm a little over forty pages. So it's. Um, I mean, I'm. I hope to get it done pretty soon. A I, long I'm, suppo- haul. I'm supposed to get in. I'm supposed to get it all done in, by August. So, I have a lot of work to do. Good luck. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I look forward to. It. I really enjoyed both. Uh, Spiral Bound and The Unsinkable Walker Bean. Fantastic books. Thanks. Thank you for uh, stopping by my place. Yeah, Eric. no problem. And uh, enjoy the uh, the teachers tomorrow. Yeah, I will. The, the magic uh, geniuses. Yes. There we go. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks.
Fifteen. 